Hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. You guys, we made it to the season two finale of the podcast. Um, I can't believe that by the time this episode comes out, well, like I'll be on the summer break, on the summer break, on the podcast break, and I'm honestly so like grateful and happy that we made it this far and i i am planning on doing this episode a kind of best of episode episode where i talk about the highlights of my of the last two years uh yeah well you know of the season of the second season finale of the podcast then also I'll also do a my monthly release, like best and worst release ranking for the month of July. Then I'll also talk about the season finale of The Crowd Room, but not spoiler, but I'll just give my overall opinion on its first season. Then I will, I also finally watched The, the Little Mermaid. Oh my god, that was so good. So good. I cannot wait to talk about it with you guys. Um And I also I also watched the season finale of iCarly. I'll also talk about the oh the oh, like overall of the third season. Um and then I'll do a new section for the last time in this season. And yeah, then that will be that's the plan. That will be the end of the season finale. That will be the season finale of the podcast. Anyways, let's go into the best and worst releases of july so because i was like a chunk of the month i month of july i was in egypt and so i didn't watch like a lot this month but i did watch some things
Okay. So, um, I finally watched Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I would put that in the best release category along with The Flash and Barbie. Uh, not Barbie, excuse me, not Barbie. Um, I haven't watched that one. Um, or was it? Oh yeah, The Flash. Then also I also finished the second season of about elementary which i loved i would also put that in the best release category along hmm, along with hijack even though it wasn't released in july but you know um it was still It was still mm, streaming in July. So then I would also put the best, well, I would also put the best release category, iCarly Season 3, and then The Crowded Room Season 1. Um, I think, oh yeah, and The Little Mermaid as well. Into the middle category, I would put Secret Invasion, even though I liked it. Then, I uh, into the worst release of July, I would put Sleeping Dogs on Netflix. And also Transformers, Rise of the Beast. Um... What else did I watch this month? Hmm. I would also put um, Foundation, the second season, onto the best releases of July because it's going amazingly. And they count Tyrone, I'd also put that in the best release of July, along with... Hmm. 
hard no hard feelings and I'd put like it's the middle row of my ranking uh Astro City. And about my father also into the middle row. Um, I also put Nimona into the best release row. Then also Silo on the best release row along with um, Along with Platonic and the other two, season three. Okay, I think that's it. Mm, let me check one more time. Also, Haunted Mansion on Disney Plus wasn't also... I would put that also into the middle row. Because mm, I... It was meh. It wasn't... Yeah, it was meh.
Okay. Okay, that's it for the July releases. I'll, I'll also put um, um, season four of Harlequin, but I don't like. I only watched the first three episodes. It was still a lot of fun, and I I re realized how much I actually missed it, missed the show, and it's so funny and so entertaining. It's so good. It's so good. And so, so, so clever also. The jokes are clever. Okay, now I want to share my mm, my August watch list with you. Even though I won't be releasing any episodes, but I will come back in September, in the first week of September, um, with if a with so many banked episodes, so I don't like I'll have to find a schedule again because my plan was to release on the month like in the first week of September to release like three episodes back to back we'll see how that will go but nevertheless it was it will be so 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 much fun and um, i can't wait to watch one piece ahsoka and more you will find out now what i'm planning on watching next day uh, actually next mm -mm. Starting Tuesday, <laughs> August 1st. Oh, also, like, I would say best release of August would be Good Omens season one because i watched season one and now i'm season two episode one but it was a lot of fun so i'm so excited also very excited to watch teenage mutant ninja turtles um I'm very excited about that one. I'll be watching that in August as well. Then also...
if you like Painkiller on Netflix, then um, that's on August 10th. Then Gran Turismo, I'm very excited about that one as well. Um, Heart of Stone on August 11th. I'm so excited to watch Gal Gadot be the badass woman that she is. Then Red, bleh, red White, and Royal Blue. Um, then... I'm also very excited about Blue Beetle. Mm. Also, like the Monkey King on Netflix. I'm going to watch that as well in the month of August. Then. Then obviously Ahsoka on August twenty third. Can't wait for that one. Then lift on Netflix. Then Vacation Friends 2 on August 25th, because I loved Vacation Friends 1 with with John, ha- John Cena and Lil Red Harvey. Mm. Then also, obviously, One Piece on the 31st i'm so excited for that one um but also only murders in the building on the 8th obviously can't wait for that one then Strange Planet on Apple TV Plus. That's an adult cartoon. I'm so excited for that one. Then and yeah, that's it. I'm so excited for the month of August. I'm 
also very hopeful that I will be wa- be able to watch Barbie and Oppenheimer um in August. But let's talk about the little mermaid. So, I loved The Little Mermaid, like the original one. And I was really excited for that one because, for this one, because, like, I love Chloe Bailey and we are at the same age, actually, so I'm, I was kind of, like, proud. <laughs> um, But she was amazing in The Little Mermaid. And also was, like, Javier Ben Bardem. Bardem as Poseidon. Then I loved Sebastian. Like I love, I loved David Diggs as Sebastian the crab. Then Aquafina as Scuttle. Obviously, you guys know how much I love Aquafina, and this was really cool seeing her, uh, hearing her voice. Um, and this one. I loved that they changed the story a bit so she didn't have to really get the kiss like get kissed by Prince Eric to you know gain her voice back um like that wasn't the main goal I I liked that she was kind of like ent- emancipated um I also I don't know like I have mixed feelings about Mar- um, Melissa McCarthy as Ursula because she was good but she was very like over the top and I I have this feeling like this thing with her like whenever she plays a role she, it's always Melissa McCarthy like so that's why I didn't quite like her performance even though there were some parts where I was like oh okay that was cool actually but the visual were visuals were so so good like it was so beautiful and i cried a few times while watching it and yeah i loved the little mermaid especially the ending and a few other parts and it was so good like it was so beautiful and so kind of like healing a bit to be honest i don't know why but it was really i felt that way i felt like i felt like it could have you know it this was the best version like they 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 did amazingly and i also like the addition of a few other characters in this story but Overall, I really, really enjoyed it. It was entertaining, it was funny, it was heartfelt. Yeah, I really liked it. I loved it. (laughs) 
And Hilly Billy is definitely my my moment. Like because you know they she got a lot of hate for her role as the little moment, but it was so beautiful seeing and other like seeing another side of the story and not the same old same old same old situation so it was really it was a it was a a breath of fresh air to be honest to see this adaptation of a little mermaid i have to say i will do like the iCarly review season three right now because then I'll go to the card room and you know um and that will be a heavy one. But I really liked iCarly and like the third season. I love that how they ended it. Um it was really it was like long evaded something happened and then some a cliffhanger happened i was like oh my god what and it was so like wholesome this ending this is the finale i i still like i still like i loved the first one the first like i love icarly and i love the reboot and it's just so cool to see like all the characters again besides Sam unfortunately but it was still very entertaining and I have to say I like this season more than the second season to be honest I don't know I I I think it's because um, the characters like certain characters came back it was really cool to see them and I think my favorite episodes are definitely the season finale, but also I loved um the second episode. I love the queer character as well in this one. Then I also liked the fourth episode, the sixth episode. The eighth episode, I didn't like the seventh episode because I don't know it was like too cheesy. Nevertheless, I really, I really, really enjoyed this season. I can't wait for the fourth season, and yeah, it was really, really good. It was like so funny and so entertaining. So. If you haven't watched it yet, it's on Paramount Plus and you can watch all three seasons on there. So let's talk about the card room. So in the season finale, Danny took the stand again and um, we finally like all my theories were came true because it turned out that Adam was another personality of him of Danny and I cried during the finale because it was so heavy and so so emotional um 
But I love the end because the ending was very happy. It basically said that it's okay if you need help to seek help. And so then he was kind of like healed afterwards. And he was a painter and it was so cute. And um, Raya, she was like, she was still working as a psychiatrist and she... Then he was in this facility, so she was visiting him, and it was so wholesome and so emotional, and yeah, I loved it. I loved this season. It was heavy, and but it was acted so beautifully, and um. I think it was very necessary to do this, to like raise awareness, even more awareness uh, on mental health and illnesses. And I, I really liked the third episode and the fifth episode and especially the sixth episode. It blew my mind, and the seventh episode as well, and eighth episode was very emotional as well. Um, yeah, it was. I will, like, it was, uh, really good, and I will do a spoiler review of it, of the first season, of the Quiet Room on Apple TV Plus. Um, in October. So I can't spoil the shit out of this series. I say like Tommy, uh, Tom Holland and Amanda Seyfried, they were so good in this series. Like they were. I wouldn't be surprised if they got nominated for an Emmy next year. Let's do one less time news section. In this second season of the podcast. So Barbie has grossed. 750 million. And it's now the biggest movie of Margot Robbie's career. Surpassing Suicide Squad. Even. And Oppenheimer. Um. And Oppenheimer, like, it, it crossed 300 million. So, Heartstopper Season 2 debuted with a perfect score of 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Then, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem debuted with a 95% rating on a tomatometer on Rotten Tomatoes. And then, 
NBC's Peacock lost $65,651 million from April to June, and the company expects to lose $3 billion in 2023, according to IndieWire. Then, according to Entertainment Weekly, The cast of the accolade said that if and I quote, if you love the fight sequence with Cube Gun, Obi Wan Obi Wan, and Darth Maul, you're going to enjoy this show. End of quote. Ooh, I'm excited. Then. Donald and Stephen Glover are set to write the Lando series, according to discussing film on Twitter. Then Keelan Murphy said the sex scenes were vital in Oppenheimer. He said that to GQ in this in his GQ magazine interview, and I quote, "I think." If they're key to the story, then they are worthwhile. No one likes doing them. They're the most awkward possible part of our job. But sometimes you have to get on with it. End of quote. Then talk to me, the horror movie. Is the highest-rated horror movie of twenty twenty-three, releasing in theaters. Well, it's been released in theaters, and its score is ninety-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and has an audience uh, score of seventy-six percent. Then Brian Cranston said. The studios, and I quote, are spitting us tooth and nail to stick to the same economic system that is outmoded and outdated. End of quote. He also ended by saying, and I quote, they want us to step back in time. We cannot and we will not do that. End of quote. He said that about the sag after strike. Then Ron Perlman, Perlman, Perlman says to the rap.com, and I quote, The cruelty which comes from a statement like, we are not coming to the bargaining table until people start bleeding. That's war. That's not a negotiation. There's nothing civil about that. It's a threat to people's well-being. End of quote. 
Good Omen Season 2 debuted with a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, as it should. And it did. I'm currently at episode 1. I rewatched season 1 and I loved it. I loved it. was like seeing Brian Cox, in, especially in episode 4, 5, and 6 of season 1. It was kind of like a mini ro- succession reunion for me. Anyways, studios are currently refusing to return to negotiations with SAG and WGA and instead plan on waiting until members start, and I quote, losing their apartments and houses, and I quote. That is crazy. So director Ali Selim, uh, he did Secret Invasions, says he doesn't, and I quote, feel bad about this series, mixed reviews. And I quote, he said it to the director.com, I would love it if everybody loved it, but I feel great about their response. End of quote. Then, Caravan the Hunter has been delayed to August 3rd, 2024. Um, I'm kind of sad about it. So I was very excited to watch Aaron Taylor Johnson in that one. Then, You can watch Susie Searches, which is starring Kiersey Clemens, Alex Wolf, Rachel Sennett, and Isaac Powell uh, on in theaters and on video on demand. And the movie is about an awkward college student who sees the opportunity to bolster her true crime podcast by solving the disappearance of a class- classmate. Then Venom 3 will be released on July 12, 2024. Then Talk To Me has a B-plus certificate... Uh, no, B-plus Sir Cinema Score, excuse me. Then IMAX says that the Marvels will get zero screens because they are showing Dune 2 for five five and six weeks. So I won't be able to watch that on IMAX then. In IMAX.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Netflix is advertising for an AI position that would earn the that would earn them that would earn um nine hundred thousand per year. And this that same figure would help qualify thirty five actors and their families for health insurance. So they're willing to pay AI the a lot of money instead of hiring people uh, hiring actors and or like paying actors well uh, better. This is insane. And along with Disney, I've also they have start started hiring for a half dozen AI job opportunities with salaries starting from one hundred eighty thousand a year. Oh my god, it's hilarious. It's so ridiculous. So the studios are planning on like speaking with the National Association of Theater Owner Owners to convince the convince the SIG like the search search after that a long strike could damage the theatrical industry. The long strike would be caused by Studios continuing to refuse to pay actors and writers fairly, according to that line. Oh my god, it's 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 a shit show. So wish the Disney movie may be delayed to do the strikes. Um, to, but to an unknown date or time. Along with Taika Waititi's next goal wins, his newest movie may also be delayed. Also to do the strike. That's it for the segment. Let's talk talk about like let's do a best um of episode thingy. So I think my favorite memory with which came along with the podcast was um was the fact that like Lionsgate sent me. A screener to their movie, um, right to Steve's, and but also 
but also like all the interviews I've done. I think my favorite interview was with Jeanette Wormsley. Um, we talked. We talked so long. Like even before the interview, we talked so 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 much. And my also my another favorite interview of mine was David Matthew Barnes. We it was a lot of fun. Like we talked for three and a half hours, but. It was never like forced. It it never felt forced, so it was, I had a lot of fun. And also, another favorite memory of mine is when, um, when I shared with you my my struggles with mental health i got so so many lovely messages from you guys um thank you so much by the way from for those and um it it was really it was really like it was really something i really needed during that time and also i also like the fact that I, Netflix had sent me one, a movie of theirs. It's called Ice Road, before it's released, and I got to watch it. And also, like I don't know, like so many other movies I got to watch because of you guys, because of this podcast. Um, like beforehand of this, like I got to watch before a release date, and then talk to talk about it and. Also, another favorite memory of the podcast, like the last two years, was when my Emmy predictions came true, and Oscar predictions came true, and um, my like my Netflix's to doom recaps are always going so like doing so well, and I'm so appreciative of that. Also, um, um, also like in I also like the fact that we're always like building this episode with one another because like I ask you guys like what do you guys want to. Hear? want me to talk about or if they're like you know more like watch list items which I hadn't mentioned in an episode and then you guys sent me those and I and I like building or creating something with other people like when I create when I do the interviews with my guests I always First of all, the questions I ask are always coming to me in, in the moment. And so I don't have like anything written down. And it's also it's also like all, all my notes kind of like all my like whatever what I'm talking about on on in an episode are always like on the top of my head. So I'm like I guess I'm very smart. Anyways, um so I also like when I do those interviews, I love the like building an episode, like creating an episode with the guests. Like I always ask them, like, 
if there's anything they want to talk about or if they bef- like I, before I do the interview I always um do a brief thing about the episode which we're about to record so it's always fun creating with other people for me and I'm also very thankful that I got to get I get to do what I love and share it with you guys and get p- feedback from you guys which helps me to um you know to evolve as a podcaster to be more confident as a podcaster and to like be more um more like keen on quality rather than on like quality rather than quantity and also i also like um i i think you guys can like know um hear how much i have changed since i started this podcast journey like i remember when i like f- released the first episode like not the episode it's the pilot i was so nervous i was like so like nervous to you know to eventually put me myself out there and be this extrovert person and be like uh, in the spotlight and a public figure so i kind of like learned that basically if you want something to get done there is no other way then you have to do that yourself and also like i also love i also like like seeing how much i have involved in like this is like the 80th episode and 80, 80th episode and so i went a couple of episodes back and you can really like hear my immatureness and my like me being a newbie into the podcast world so i know i i'm very like happy and fulfilled and grateful and i can't wait to talk about asoka and one piece and um and all the matters in the building in the month of september also like wheel of time as well and and i also loved like when Clyde kaleidoscope was released on new year's day um i love seeing like your um episode episode like orders because mine was different and my like my friends were also different so it was really cool seeing like you guys dming me on my instagram like saying oh like the episode pink came first or episode black came first and i was like oh it's cool cool because mine was i believe episode um uh which one was by me which one which order was mine again i think oh my god i remember I think it was yellow. No, no, it was black. The black was the introduction. But it was really cool to see that. Also, like when the Super Mario Bros was released, I 
I like I went to this theater and watched it and then I came back and then did the review and that review is going strong still and I'm so grateful for you guys like I cannot thank you guys enough for being a part of this journey with me and um you know I've never been a numbers girly I've never been that person but it's still very it's still very fulfilling to see that what I say and what I do um, is being reciprocated and and we get to like have this beautiful bond community with one another and I promise you third season of the podcast will be even even better than the second season because I know like I didn't record much in this season due to my birthday and other stuff like other family stuff so I will try my best to record more this season and also like like I said I care about quality over quantity so my focus in the third season is a more guests b um literally like work my butt off without um without being burnt out and also like you know like finding new ways to pimp up a oh a pimp a um and a podcast episode you know that's my goal and i'm working so hard behind the scenes um and I'm trying to... I've, I've set, like, a few goals for myself in the year 2024. And so I'll let you guys know if I reach those goals. I I reached a few of them. I reached... I wanted that... The, I want for the podcast to reach um 1,000 plays. It reached that. I want for the podcast to reach 2,000 plays. It reached that. Thank you so much for that one. Um... And yeah, I I'm also planning on a few specials I want to do with this within the future, cause you know I did a special on I did a Christmas special, and I'm planning on doing more, um, cause like my fear is that the podcast will be very monotone will become very monotone and I don't want that so that's why I'm not trying to um re incorporate like new segments new um new like um yeah new segments um different ways of reviewing movies and tv shows so there that's there's that and with that being said thank you so so much for an amazing season and i cannot wait to talk to you in the third season of the podcast which will be the first week of september i think september 3rd and i cannot wait to talk about good omens season two um will of time season two ahsoka season one one Piece Season 1, um, Only Mothers in the Building Season 3, 
uh, Harley Quinn season four. Um, <laughs> and whatever, whatever I'll be watching. Uh, probably, yeah, Barbie. A review on Barbie. A review, a review on Oppenheimer. Um, a review on Blue Beetle. I am also like trying to be more active on my blog, WordPress blog. So, I think during the hiatus I'll be more active on that. So make sure you follow it. All my social media are linked in the show notes, as you guys know. Keep an eye on the on all the accounts for news in regards of the podcast, and I'll talk to you in September. Bye. Oh wait. One last time this season. Have a great day, night, where you are. And I'll talk to you on on September 3rd, 2023. Bye! This one was released uh, in April. But will be released in on May 25th here in Austria, Switzerland and Germany. And... You guys know, it was a part of my April watches, but then something in my family happened, so I couldn't watch it. But, I watched it this week. Oh my god. So, this one was released on April 20th. I know, 420. <laughs> um, and it stars Nicholas Cage as Dracula. Nicholas Holt from the menu. He looks very handsome in this one. <laughs> um, as his Servant and Butler Renfield. Then Nora from Queens star Aquafina, who we love and support. Um she plays a police officer. And this movie also stars the voice actor Ben Schwartz, who we know from Sonic the Hedgehog, Rick and Morty, and so on and so forth. And he plays the son of the crime family, Theodore Lobo. And also the Shohrei Agdashlop. Agdashlop. She was in the flight attendant. Also the second season of Amazon Prime's flight attendant is now available. Mm. On Amazon Prime. For Austria, Switzerland, and Germany. I watched it. I still love it. Yeah, there are some. Um, there was this one scene where he. He wanted to. Help a some cute. What are those? Some cute plants, on a planet, but. He eventually, like, he ended up killing them. So that was that was the moment where I was like, "Oh my god, okay, it's this kind of a, it's this kind of a um mini series," and it's of course. PG-13 because it's a Disney thing. So, we really, like, we got to see the massacre, but not to an extent where you could see blood.
I really liked that this this um why can't I speak <laughs> the uh visual effects because those planets and those cute little aliens looked so realistic so I sometimes really forgot that it was animated even though Groot was you know there and he looked the way he looked but yeah I sometimes really forgot about it being really animated because it looked so real and I really like when like Pixar does this because they usually do and it's so re it's it really hypnotizes you and it did like when I watched Red it, it did hypnotize me when I watched Madagascar it did hit hypnotize me I really liked um there was a there was a scene where he finds mud and when he puts mud onto his body and hair uh head not hair he has these leaves and these leaves um sometimes these leaves sometimes these leaves uh created a dress or a wig and he he was so happy so it kind it reminded me of an lgbtqia plus um representation because he looked very happy and but the saddest thing is that when when that mud thingy also <clears throat> also the mud thing was dry at one point so that affected him that he didn't have hair or a dress or a pen or pants or t-shirt and he was so sad so i was i was really affected by his like mood and and i like you have to see this um this episode i think it was episode five no not five four it has to be four and it was so cute like the way he was so happy his happiness was very um infectious and so he wanted to have hair but because of the mud situation he couldn't who could couldn't have hair so he was so sad and that really like reminded me of um tangled because i don't know if you remember but when um the prince who rescued T tangled the the Pixar one I'm talking about. Uh, her hair turned, and he rescued her, and then he like cut her her hair because the witch couldn't find her. So the witch couldn't find her. So the prince cut it, and her blonde hair turned brunette. So that really like 
that was a cute homage to actually Tangled. Or maybe it wasn't, but that was my interpretation. So I really like that cute thing. I I was kind of sad that it wasn't longer. But it, like, you know, when Marvel usually does six episodes, but this is really like five episodes and I think um five minutes. No, not five. Three? Three? Yeah, three minutes each. So I sometimes wished that it would be would, would have been longer. <clears throat> and um, yeah, that's like you have to watch. I can't really spoil or anything, but it it was a cute thing. It was a cute like afternoon watch. And I watched it like right when I woke up. Because I couldn't wait. So overall I really like this one. And I hope that it will have a second season. This is also kind of sad thing. This is uh, James Gunn's final Marvel Studio project. <clears throat> Well, hmm, project. I really liked his... <clears throat> I really like even though it's, it's like destroyed, but it's still the dream world and Sandman using his powers and... And those shots were so well shot. Like you... There was this one... One... I think it was a one take, but there was this one shot where we really got to see Sandman using his power to put a, to to put the person, like the wizard, who, the wizard's guards to sleep so he could escape. And then, and then there were some twists later in the season which i'm going to talk about briefly so yeah the first two episodes were like rather slow but they still at least in the first act well the second act as well especially episode two um but those are and were necessary to build the story and to really keep you hooked and want more because they were or they were the creators were using some cliffhangers which I highly appreciated because I just wanted to see more and know more and especially in the end of the second episode and and yeah and like they were using so much po poetry and i really liked it as a lit literature scholar myself i really liked it and i and i also really liked that they they wanted to put a modern spin 
on this story. So you got to really felt seen. Like I mean, like from a mental perspective, pers- perspective. Like if you have mental problems, you got to relate to those because they, especially when Death talked about about her job and why she is doing her job in episode six seven and eight i was like wow my jaw was dropped to the floor because well because the actress who plays her uh, her name is kate Kirby Hallery. She played um the stylist of Cruella in Disney's Cruella from the year twenty twenty. And I keep losing my voice, hold on. So I really liked her portraying death. And also, her her role in Cruella. So that's that's a cool thing in my opinion. But yeah, she she really played her role well because she her mimics, her emotions, her expressions were all on point, and I couldn't have imagined someone someone more fitting for the role of death being curvy um so yeah i'll go by episode episode so just bear i don't know i know this segment sounds all over the place but i just still have to gather my thoughts because it was a lot it was a ride it was a ride where i cried i laughed i cried again i laughed again i was like what the fuck is going on because of certain things that were which were revealed and also of certain things which were kind of revealed but also kind of happened yeah there that that's a lot there is a lot happening anyway so we were in episode two okay let's what happened in episode two Nothing really important that happened in episode two. So, anyways, I will switch. I will switch to episode three. Well, except more poetry, and also that's that was coming by death. So, anyways, in episode three, 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 um. So the Sandman, being Dream, goes to hell to visit Lucifer. Because she, like, kind of destroyed Dream, Dream World, his kingdom. And also, the the thing, which I forgot to mention, um, Dream, the wizard who kept him kept captured all those years, I think 40 years or something. No, no, I think 10 or 12, 20 years. Anyways, something like that. He stole all his tools, so he stole his sand, his ruby, his 
What what else did he steal? Yeah, most those were the, those were the important ones, like his ruby and his sand. So he went. He was in the waking world because the people didn't go to sleep because he was captured, so he couldn't make them fall asleep. Yada yada yada. Then he he ret- he escaped. He returned to his kingdom, but since he is useless without his tools. He eventually goes to a on a quest to find his tools again. So before he left, he created a dragon kind of creature. So which is kind of sad because those were that creature was guarded by his friends called Mystery and Secrets. The House of Secrets and the House of Mystery, so he had to kill that creature. I cried. Yes, I did cry. I cried because it was so sad. He had to kill him so he could have a little bit of power. Anyways, that's because I have to tell you this because well, that will be important in episode three. So he goes to hell to confront um Lucifer meaning Gwendolyn. So he goes there and the coolest part which are which was really like mind blown at least from my point my part all the people who are captured by Lucifer because Dream was captured by the wizard so she could like rule also his kingdom but also the also another thing i can oh, so oh another thing is that while dream was captured by the wizard all the nightmares and dreams escaped from his from dream's kingdom so they were causing havoc and he before and before he was captured, he had um, imprisoned some of them. So whenever and whenever he was going through hell to, like going through the physical realm of hell, because he wanted to confront uh, Lucy, Lucifer. All the people he had imprisoned would see him as their loved ones. So would see him as person, as close people. So they never saw him as the dream he was. So they always saw him as one of their closest people. And I thought that was that, that was really cool. And yeah, also like the I think. The highlight of this episode was this Dungeons and Dragons kind of showdown between Lucy and Morpheus, meaning Dream, and also and like the the special effects which were caused by those Dungeons and Dragons ask showdowns. And the wizard 
Oh wait, yeah, he has he has a raven. Same, Seven has a raven as an henchman type of thing. So he the the raven is. Well, actually, the raven gets killed by the wizard because the raven tried to tried to break the glass bottle, which the wizard put sent uh, put dream into it so he couldn't escape. But then the wizard shot the raven, and there was a whole thing. Anyways, why I'm telling you this? This also happened in episode one. So why I'm telling you this is because. The Raven is voice casted by Ratatouille's, Disney's Ratatouille's Remy the Rat. And uh, that really like made me so happy because I want Ratatouille is one of my favorite Disney slash Pixar movie. And so the wizard is also the shame wizard of Netflix's Big Mouth. So the guy who voice cast that shame wizard is the guy who plays the shame the shame wizard the the wizard in the Sandman. I know it's confusing, but once you watch it, you will understand. And also what I really liked in episode 3 is that we got to see the f- the family drama, like the family aspect of the wizard. His name is John D. And actually he is the, which is really very real later on, he is the son of the wizard who captured the Sandman and why he did it is also kind of dark but beautiful at the same time and I'm not going to spoiler it for you. So in episode 4 we got more family stuff and we also got to see more of the Sandman and that... And uh, John D because he because his mother stole the. In the last episode, I told you guys that he had uh, revealed some details of his uh, newest movie after Nope, and the movie is called um, Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul, and I found some new um new information on that and I will be telling you that later on the movie and TV show news segment so stay tuned for that and somebody also said um, I had mentioned that English wasn't my first language let alone my second language therefore in the last episode therefore somebody had asked you said that English wasn't your first language let alone second language, what languages can I speak? So I was born in Europe. My parents are Turkish people, so my mother tongue is Turkish. 
I because I was born uh, in Europe, I can more like in Austria. I can speak German and I learned English in school. I learned Latin in university because I will be relieving be revealing that in the She-Hulk segment so you'll see you'll know what I'm talking about like um when it's time so I learned Latin in a uh, university and I also learned Italian or am currently learning Italian because I've always wanted to learn Italian that's like five languages somebody also asked if there are any TV show news, and I'll be saying, talking about that. Sorry, I switched languages. I'll be talking about that uh, soon. Also, somebody asked movie any movie re- um, news. I will be talking about that as well. So, and also somebody asked me if I had seen the Immaculate Room. Yes, I have, and I'll be talking about that also in a different segment somebody also asked me if i had seen idris abba's beast yes i have and i'll be also talking about it later and also somebody asked me if there are any video game adaptations in the upcoming months or weeks i found some um i found some and those will be by PlayStation, so I will be revealing that in that segment. Somebody also asked me if I had seen Spin Me Around. Um, yes, I have, and I did a review in the last segment. You guys really want me to talk about myself? <laughs> because somebody tell, well, sent in um, that I should be talking about myself more. And also that I should be keep doing that. What I'm doing, writing reviews and making this podcast. Well, I'm 24 years old. I live in Europe, and I have been a movie and TV show fanatic for so many years. My first movie that I saw was a horror movie, which my I saw that with my father, and that's actually well one of the reasons. Is actually why I don't watch horror movies. Um. Yeah, I'm a I'm an uh, English linguistic scholar. And I think that's it. <laughs> oh, somebody also sent in, in if I have information about the second Joker installment, and yes, I do. And also, it's being allowed to do in a really cool way. So it's such an exciting time um, to do it. I mean, and I've I've been very fortunate too that I've been able to produce a lot of horror movies lately. A film that I produced called Wolf Hollow, or I was executive producer. Um, um, it's a really good uh, werewolf movie, which comes out in August, um, and it just uh, got really where? nice distribution. It's called Wolf Hollow. Um, and it'll be out in August. I don't know the exact date in August, but I'll find out and email it to you. But um, okay. it's a really fun werewolf. Like movie, I, so. I, I watch horror movies if mm-hmm. there are no ghosts because I'm kind of like 
burned. <laughs> really? Oh, because you don't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do and love a good ghost. <laughs> yeah, that's basically good. Ghost? No, I'm mm. not doing it. But I'm watching. I like Scream and um, mm. X. I love mm. X. Yeah. But I like Pearl, like I said, Pearl was better. And I'm so mm-hmm. excited for Maxine. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Like mm-hmm. I didn't watch Smile, but my sister did, and she was like, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of creepy, but it was like some deaths deaths were weird, like not unnecessary to be honest. Yeah. And I I cannot watch Smile because I'm kind of like I'm a I'm a very paranoid person. <laughs> so and I would have, I would be like affected by it by a week, like by the smiles. And, but nevertheless, I, I still like horror movies. Like it, it's like, like I said, I, it's, it's very paradox. <laughs> I say I don't like horror movies, but I do. So. No, and I what's the story um... about Wolf, your movie? What's the story? Um, it well, it takes place in a small town, and it's um, mm-hmm. it's got a little bit of like a little bit of like mythology and lore to it, and it's um, it's by a wonderful filmmaker named Mark Cantu, and he brought together a really great cast. Felissa Rose is in it from Sleepaway Camp, who's like this big horror movie icon, uh, amazing, wonderful woman, by the way. Um, I had a great chance to meet her last November at a movie screening, and worked on a couple of films now yeah she's she's good people um and uh yeah and i've been writing movies myself a lot lately too um and selling a lot of my scripts which is great i've i've now sold eight screenplays which has been a lot Mm -hmm. of fun so um a short film of mine was was uh made in the netherlands Uh, so i wrote it in english because i don't speak dutch but um, a Dutch filmmaker found my script at a film festival that I was at in Amsterdam. I won an award there for the script, but the movie hadn't been made yet. And he bought the rights to the to the script and then he adapted it into Dutch. And um, it did well and it won some awards at film festivals around the world. And it was really exciting to see my work cinematically turn into a different language, but the story was still there. It was just told in a, a different language than mine. And what an incredible uh, collaboration to be able to work with a filmmaker from the other side of the world uh, in a different language. And so that's what I love about movies and, and storytelling, just the people that it brings together. Um, but I've been really, really excited about uh, all those projects I've been writing. And they're in, I have a couple of films right now that are in production. So they'll be out uh, later this Ooh, year. That's exciting. I'm so excited. I can't wait. And I'm um, uh, one of my stage plays we just adapted for television. So we just finished writing the stage or the pilot script for the first episode of the show. So lots of good stuff. And I'm I'm almost finished right now. I'm writing a horror novel called Dummy, uh, which is about two female serial killers. One is 82 and the other one's 19. And these Whoa. two women realize they have a connection. Uh, and they're both serial killers living in a small town together in the desert. So I'm really excited about that. I'm sending that to my publisher on Monday, actually. So uh, oh, that, cool. that will, I, that'll be out, I believe, later this year, which I'm really excited about. So it's really spooky. Like, there was a couple of times when I was writing it when I scared myself. <laughs> so I was like, well, if I'm scaring myself, then maybe it'll scare the readers. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. And I will see if that gets adapted into film as well, too. But all really, really fun stuff, but 
it's a really good time for me as a producer and a writer and all the stuff that I get to do and to get to meet people like you in a really cool way. So writing so has brought cool. me so many cool experiences. I can't even begin to tell you I've traveled the world because of writing. I've met people from all over and just got to have such great experiences because of it. But I've been doing it for 35 years. So it's oh, okay. been a long a time. So you're, so you're like a veteran then. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it feels. Like I have my, my battle scars, if you, you know. <laughs> um, so you mentioned like comedy series. Have you or have you watched or are you watching um the other two? No, but I, with Molly Shannon. Yeah, like the ex yeah. SNL humans. <laughs> Yeah, it's no, I so haven't good. seen it. It's I've so heard it's really good. good. Yeah, I really want to like, see it, but I haven't watched it yet. It's so funny because as a Justin Bieber fan, I mm. can see the similarities. And now mm. currently this third season, they're like um talking about um how he met Selena and how he mm. met Rayleigh. And they all they're also like discussing about um Hillsong. Hmm. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, I've heard really good things, but I love, love Molly Shannon. So anything she does, I show up for. But um, yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but I need to. I'm adding that to my list. <laughs> that and my long list. My two. You have to. You have to add that yes. and Succession. Yeah, I will definitely watch them both. And then you, then you have to tell me if you liked it or who are who your favorite characters are. Because I, I know okay. like you, I can see that you like, um, Mr. Culkin. I would say. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, yeah, as soon as I watch it, I'll I'll send you an email and let you know who my favorite characters are. I'm excited to watch it. I love, I love like these conversations where I learn a new. You're like recommendations oh, okay. which are great because that's how mm -hmm. i find all my great stuff is what other people other people tell me to watch and and so forth it's that's how i find my, my the things i love the most are the things i that also me, i so. also um have started watching the crowded room on the, the apple tv plus the crowded room oh i don't tom know holland the with tom holland no oh yes yes i've heard of it i heard that was it's... a tough filming experience for him but... yeah it, especially the last episode like the one which was released on friday like mm -hmm. i had to watch rick and morty five times after that afterwards oh that it was part. oh my I god it was, i don't want to try trigger anybody but um it has to do with um trigger warning essay mm -hmm. did you have because you mentioned apple tv have you watched dickinson yes yeah, I love, I love that show. So good. And, and like, the, the music on that show is oh, beautiful. Yeah, but, but, but it got canceled. I know, three, three seasons, but I know all the good ones get canceled. It's true. So, But yeah, she was like, Haley was amazing in that. And also like, like um, rapper Wiz Khalifa, he was also mm -hmm. good. He played mm -hmm. the dad. I was like, mm, Wiz, Wiz can act. <laughs> I was very surprised. I know. Really good. I love so her. Good. I love her mother. I love her mother on that show. Um, Jane Krakowski. She's so funny. Like I, she could read the phone book and I laugh. She's so hilarious. <laughs> so talented. I'm, I think I'm like that with um, what's her name? Amy Schumer. Oh, I love Amy Schumer. Yeah, she's she's so funny. She's. I love how unfiltered that she is. She's yeah, like, I watched the emergency contract. 
thing mm-hmm. special on Netflix. I oh yeah, how crying. is that? I haven't. Was it funny? It it's so funny. Like it's okay. so funny, but short, but funny, but oh uh, oh my god. <laughs> and like That's speaking so- of um specials, have you seen? But do you like Samuel Jackson? Mm-hmm. I do. I love. I love his work. And he has this new series called um Secret Invasion on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, I haven't seen it, but yes. Oh my god, you have to watch it. It's yeah. It's Samuel Jackson at his best. Really? Okay. It's so uh- funny. Like there's this one joke with Louis the <laughs> Fourteenth mm. and chairs. That sounds that sounds good already. I like yeah, he's he's I love him a lot. He's really he's done a lot of great stuff. He was in a, one of my favorite films from way back, uh The Long Kiss Goodnight with Gina Davis, which is a great one of the best action films ever. Um, and he's in that with her, and he's just so good in that too. I think my of favorite course, you know, one is he was good in Kingsman, but I think my favorite one is um Oh yeah, the prod protege protege. I think it's called protégé? from twenty. Yeah, from from twenty twenty one or two, something like that. Like everything after twenty twenty is a blur to me. Because <laughs> of the pandemic, I know. Yeah, like before the pandemic, you know, and after the, the pandemic, pandemic. I know it's so crazy how our lives are so like fragmented because of the pandemic, and our history, like our timeline, mm-hmm. is so so crazy because of it very true and um so what what genres are you also watching besides horror Um, and superheroes and comedy (laughs) right uh i love a good mystery i I do love a good mystery i like thrillers a lot i am a sucker for Mm. romance i gotta tell you i do uh, i love a good love story have Um, you seen um three thousand years of longing oh three thousand that was idris alba and tilda swinton yeah i was tilda swinton's and who i love tilda swinton but um I've I saw a trailer for it, but I've not actually seen it. But it looked really good. Was it good? No. No. It wasn't. Oh, no. It wasn't oh, good. No, and I was I wanted to be good like so badly, but mainly oh, no. because of the CGI. But also like the story oh. was kind of flat. That's too bad. Yeah, too it was bad. very disappointing. She's a good actress. She's a great actress. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, it doesn't like. That's you can be a great actor, actress, or actor, but if the screenplay isn't good, you know, it all goes back to the story. <laughs> it all start ends and starts and ends with the story. You have to have a good story. It's so true. Yeah, I always it think was... of a screenplay as like a as like a architectural blueprint. So, like oh, as a writer, okay. you're putting together a blueprint that mm-hmm. you give to a director and a producer and say. Here's everything you need to make this movie or make the turn this, you know, put this on a screen. But it's really, you know, what they do with it, with their their vision that they bring to it, because the writer's not in, you know, really part of the movie once the script is done. So um it's so interesting to see the finished product sometimes, you know. Yeah, and so we're in July soon. Are you planning on watching Open Oppenheimer? 
Oppenheimer. No, I what is that? Tell me more. That's the um story by Mr. Christopher Nolan. Um, oh. Oh, 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 yes. Okay, sorry. Yes. I'm so I was I'm <laughs> I was slow there. Um I yes, but when that comes out soon, doesn't it? Yeah, July 21st. Also uh, the same day as Barbie. <laughs> Barbie. Yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna see Barbie, quite honestly, but but I will definitely see Oppenheimer. Um it's got really good um like the audiences that have seen the previews of it have been really like it said it's really intense. So I'm excited to see Oppenheimer. Yeah. And it's such a you know, it's a true story. And so it's so interesting to see. And like I love like, biopics. Me too. But um also it will like this it's it was filmed without CGI. I'm kind of curious how how like yeah, how, yeah. How we right? did it. Yeah, how do they, how and so, do they pull up? What are your uh, favorite biopics oh so many well I mean I love recently Tina Turner passed away and mm -hmm. I and the biopic that they made of her years ago with Angela Bassett what's love got to do with it extraordinary uh biopic um but I will tell you what I really enjoyed watching which is a biopic it's on Hulu I know maybe Showtime uh, but I watch it on Hulu uh George and Tammy about George Jones and Tammy Wynette who were both very famous country singers in America um Jessica Chastain uh, plays Ooh. Tammy Wynette, and it's just, it's a really good, I don't know if a lot of people watched it, but it's a, it's a really powerful, it's a TV series, uh, mm -hmm. limited series, so they only made six or seven episodes, I think, but um, that was really good. I love, 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 um, I'm a big Jessica Lange fan, I love Jessica Lange, a lot of people know her from American Horror Story, but I know her from all of her great movies that she made, and she was, she played Patsy Cline in a movie called Sweet Dreams, um, I really enjoyed Jennifer Hudson in the in Respect, the the movie about Aretha Franklin. Yes, me too. Um, I was like, I was like, when is he going to say respect? <laughs> yeah, was like... she was so good on that, so so good. Um, but there's been so many lately. I've been watching a lot of documentaries. I just watched a documentary on HBO. Was it H? I think it was HBO. Um, about it's very Donna confusing. Summer. Yeah, I know it is. But what, what did I see this on? About Donna Summer, who was one of my favorite singers when I was really little. Um, and it was such a, it was a sad one uh, a lot. I just watched the documentary about Sinead O'Connor, the singer. Um, all really great, great stuff. But biopics I love because um, a, a good biopic sort of shows you the hum human side of somebody who was very successful and famous. And that's the part I like is finding out where they came from and how, what their journey um I think if a person wants to get into acting, there's the the realism of it, right? Mm -hmm. I was talking to you before how it can be very doggy dog. It can be up and down. Mm -hmm. It can be fickle at times. However, yeah. there's also that beautiful side of it, okay? There can mm -hmm. be times when you could be booking roles, doing lots of auditions, and everything's just rolling. And then there can come a time when it can be a little bit up and down. And that's what I always say as actors, especially now with this strike, people, actors are crambling for different jobs. Like, you know, per, as per se, regular jobs and not acting. Um, but be, because of that. So I always have on my side, you know, something else that I know that I can go or 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 do. And I think and, and the reason why I'm mentioning this, because for an actor. You have to really make sure that you take very um, good care of yourself, both mentally and mm -hmm. physically. Especially for actors who are doing, I've had people come to me and I've talked to them about it, about if you're, you know, you're doing a lot of auditions or you're not booking. 
and then you're not mm -hmm. getting any additions and then it's just really sluggish because a lot of actors can go in ruts i've seen actors quit i've seen actors that did well for two and a half years and then the next two years there's nothing i've seen actors go into mental ruts and you've got to make sure that your mindset is okay. And what I always use, um, Benu, for my acting students and, and people that I teach, I always mention um, to them about my four Ps. And these are my four Ps. These are Janet's four Ps. I have people putting them on their their, their fridge. They're putting them on their bedroom walls because it, it helps them to get out of that rut if you start to go into when things aren't happening. And let's face mm -hmm. it, we're human too. You know, yeah. so sometimes you, you get upset or sometimes you have a cry, and which is good. You let your emotions out. But you have to be really careful you don't go into the dark web of it all. Mm -hmm. um, so my four Ps are this. The first one is passion. Okay. Yeah, and, and you can do this in anything, in your personal life or any other type of job. But for actors, this is important. Hang on to that passion. There's a, a big flame that's going in your heart when you're working as an actor and taking on these roles and different characters and being on set. But when it starts to slide a bit, you do not want to let it flicker or go right out. You want it to stay on fire. And what I always say, keep the passion. Remember the first time that you did a class, the first time that you did an audition, you know, remember what it felt like and bring that back into yourself. The second one is perseverance. You have to be very perseverant with this type of a, a profession. Obstacles are going to come up, okay, where you're, you're, you're auditioning and you did the best audition like we like talked about before, but you're not getting chosen because of maybe hair or whatever. You know, you got to persevere. Maybe you're getting some auditions, but you want to do something different, but you're not ready for that. You know, you want to do a different type of character. You got to persevere through that. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be barriers, but you got to persevere them and push each one as they go along, as you go along. Third, patience. <laughs> My mom and dad always used to say this. Patience is a virtue. When you're young, you're going, oh, I don't have any patience for that. Well, sometimes that can happen, especially when you're starting out in acting, because you're taking the odd class or you maybe did a student film or a short film for starting out. And you just think, oh, okay, I've got it now. I just want to go do it. But you've got to be very careful with that because if you're still green, um, if you're still newish, it shows up in the audition room. It will show up if you're trying to get an agent and they'll wait a year or so because they know you're not ready. So it's really important to do background work, do short films, do student films um, and things like that, that you don't per se need an agent to submit for. It's, it's very, very important. So you have to be, patience really is a virtue, especially in this in this profession for, for acting, because sometimes mm -hmm. things are going great, sometimes they're not. And when you're starting out, it's trying to get an agent because everybody's looking for an agent and then getting yourself in front of casting directors. Um, so there's that. And then the last one, and I say this to my daughter, I say this to everybody, I say it to myself, is being, is positiveness. It's being positive. Mm -hmm. I even take, the positive out of a negative situation or scenario. You always learn from it. You will always learn from it. Even though you're going through something rough or something's happened, you will learn from it. Take the positive and what you can, can learn from that. It'll make you a better person. It will make you a better, better actor. I use my daughter's example. And now listening to you, use an example. But I look at my daughter who in school went through the bullying. Okay, so she had to climb up that mountain. 
Then the uh, academics, which she did really well, but she worked her butt off for that. Like she worked her butt off for it. Um, but she did really well. A lot of the teachers used to say, boy, I wish people were like Jenny and doing their homework and having their assignments on, on schedule. But she did that. And then because she wanted to be an animator and a writer, she went on top of the mountain and she went to animation school and got 2D and three and became a 2D, 3D animator. And then she jumped into the clouds and she became a um, a best-selling author and um, award-winning author. She kept persevering. She kept pushing every barrier that came or obstacle that came came in front of her. She always has always kept the passion in her because she's still so mm -hmm. passionate about her animation and all that she does with animation and same with her books. And then positive. You know, through through me too, she learns you have to take the negative of a positive, even though humanly sometimes we can't. But in mm -hmm. the majority, you try to do that as best as you humanly, humanly possible, possibly can. So that are my four P's for an actor, as well as in your personal life. Whatever your obstacle. I, I can relate to that, but I've started really doing that because I adopted this um, mantra. It says if the opportunity wait if it's happening the opportunity would have never wait hold on if you weren't capable the opportunity wouldn't have come yeah i have i have adopted this in may because may was very struggle i had struggled or yeah. april i have struggled with some family stuff and yeah. ever since april my life has changed. Oh, I still need to finish up. I haven't finished up Andor, but I, I need maybe finish that up. I'm a big, big fan of The Mandalorian. Like I like, I really like that series, but I haven't watched too much of Andor. So you have to finish Andor and then watch The Mandalorian. But also, um, you have to watch Boba Fett. But also, episode. Ugh, wait, how many episodes that did it have? Um you mean how many how many movies or just No no I'm talking about the series, the book of Boba Fett. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that oh, yeah, one was it has seven episodes and you have to watch episode four, five, six, and seven because then you will see Mandalorian and Grogu and Ahsoka. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I, I've watched Boba Fett. I watched that series. I like that one, too. Like, Boba Fett is probably one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't like Boba Fett, besides, like, the, the episodes I told you. I just mentioned. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm still very... Like Ahsoka is on my list, also only mothers in the building. Oh yeah, that new season. What season is that? That's on like what season three? Um, three. Yeah, three will be released on August eighth. Okay. Yeah. And then for September, Wheel of Time season two. I'm gonna watch it. Is that on? That's on Amazon Prime, right? Yeah, it's so good. I need, I need to watch. I I feel like that stuff, and I, I like I kind of like some of those like fantasy young adult series. I feel like that's probably something I would like. I just haven't got mm. into it. 
it's good, but it really reminds me of like Lord of the, the Rings, like um not Rings of Power, but Lord of the Rings more. Oh yeah. Like the like the first installment. Because there was this one scene with um it looked like when Frodo and Gandalf were like walking. And it looked like oh, yeah. in, the, in the area, and it looked that, like that. But I'm also very excited for that. Also, what else in September? Oh yeah, Power Book Two, Power Book Four, Force, the from the Power Universe. I'm very excited for that second season. Also, Power is like made by Fifty Cent, so I'm very excited about that. Like um the 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 Mother series, like Power has six seasons and it's so good. And it has like four installments, like kind of like spin-offs. First one is Power Book 2 Ghost, then Power Book 3 Raising Canaan, and and Power Book Power Book 4 first. And the second season of Force will be released in September. But I'm also very excited for Loki season two. Well, that's a, that's out in October, right? Yeah, on um, October sixth. Oh yeah, sweet. I'm excited. For, I'm. I guess I forgot about. It. I'm almost. I'm excited. I think there's a second season of Good Good Omens coming out. <gasps> yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, in August. I still have to watch the first season. I would recommend it. I feel like it's, it's oh, yeah, good. I love, I, I love the Sandman. Yeah. And I, I wanted never, to I watch never, it. Yeah. I want to watch like Good Omens, but I forgot about it. But um, what were you saying? I, I I was just saying I never really watched I never watched the Sandman series, but I, re- I really love the comic books. Like I, I think I sat down like last summer and read all the through the whole like comic run but that was how many books were there uh i think there it's like a 12 i think it's probably like over 100 issues but it's like i think there's 12 like volumes for sandman i just watched the sandman like the the series in august but i can't wait for the second season because it was so good the second what? The second season of the Sandman. Oh yeah. But the first well, season was really good. Yeah, you know when that comes out? I don't remember. Uh no, I don't. Okay. Also, like in November, I would say I'm more excited about like wait, isn't Dune in November or October? I feel like it's in November. I yeah, don't remember. But like, I'm very excited for <laughs> Napoleon. Oh yeah, that should be that's with uh, Joaquin, right? Yeah, that yeah. one will be released in November. In Dune, two. Sweet. But oh yeah, Dune two will be released. Oh, November third. Okay. 
but I'm also very excited for Killer of the Flower Moon, Killers of the Flower Moon, mm, like with Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio and other human beings. Actually, I think there's a I think there's an actress from my hometown from Missoula in that movie. I think her name's Lily Gladstone. I think it's yeah, it's playing opposite Leonardo. So that's that's kind of exciting, I guess, for me, just to see somebody from my hometown in a movie. You can like oh yeah. Oh wait, I know her. But from where? I think she's been in a couple different movies. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, I know her from the last manhunt. Oh yeah. She played that, but I didn't like that movie. Oh, she's also in Brilliance? Really? Cool. Um... I mean, I'm excited in September, I think. I mean, pr that's usually when the, like, the new, I guess, network season starts, but everything is all over the place now, but I'm excited. I think I'm excited for Bob's Burgers coming back. That should be good. Oh, yeah. I love Bob's Burgers. I love that one. So, who is your favorite character? Uh, that's a hard one. I feel like I love them all. I feel like it's either Bob or Gene. I feel like those are probably my top two. I mean, I love them all. I wouldn't say almost, almost equally. I feel like I love all have, the Belchers equally. Have you seen I, the movie? Oh yeah, I, I love the movie. Oh yeah, me too. It was it was really cool. I don't know, like many yeah. people hated it. I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I mean it was just like a longer episode of the show, and I think that was cool. See, I said the same thing. Yeah. Um. I also like. What's the little girl? Is it she? No, wait. What's the mom's name again? Uh, Linda. No, that's not my favorite. Oh, yeah, the little girl is my favorite, and also. Oh, uh, Louise. Yeah, Louise, and 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 and, and the girl with the glasses. Oh, uh, Tina. Yeah, Tina. I like her, and also the um, you know the male who always goes into the store. Oh, uh, Teddy, the like the yeah, maintenance yeah. guy. Yeah, I yeah. love that. He's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I like the show. I'm I'm glad it's been going on for like quite a while, but. But like, I like book Bob's Burgers more the more than the Simpsons because I don't know the Simpsons kind of like getting boring. I don't remember which season I am actually at the Simpsons. Yeah, I think Simpsons is on like season like thirty five or something. I I I mean I never really got into Simpsons. Like I watched the movie and I've seen a few episodes here and there, but I never really sat down and watched like the whole. I mean, it would take forever to watch the whole series, but. I think I watched. I watched in like the first, I don't know how many seasons, but I watched the chunk of the season like i guess 
first 10 seasons and then I stopped. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's currently, they're currently, or they will be, in turn. Jeez, oh, oh, I forgot the name of it. Um, Maybe you can describe it. Poker hand, poker face. Oh my god, yes, yes, my favorite series of 2023. It's so <laughs> good. Fun. Yeah, and and they, here again, they left it off with a very good lead into it. Yeah, Natasha Leon. Season two, I thought. Where the one guy gets killed off, but then the other gang comes in and now she's so which which um uh, yeah like which episode or episodes were your favorite? Oh, a poker face. Jeez, mm -hmm. that's a good one. Um, I love the ones where the and I forgot the actor's name now, but any of the ones where the uh, the actor who played the FBI agent came in, um, oh, and he was from um... the. Uh, uh, he was the was actor it... who played the... Well, he played in the one about the two old ladies. I think that's where they first brought him in. Where the, the two Let old me... women at the retirement home killed off their ex-lover. Uh... Oh, I know which... Mm, what's the actor's name? Was it Lil Ray Hovery? Is it, yeah, is it black? I can't remember his name. Is, it, is, the, the, is the actor black? He was from the, the Big Bang Theory. He played the... Uh... Oh, okay. One of the characters on Big Bang. Uh, I love that episode. I I just love the narrative structure of the thing because mm -hmm. it didn't Me take too. long to figure out. Okay, you're coming in actually about twenty minutes after it begins, so you yeah. just got to figure. Okay, where is she in relation to what's going on here? Uh, so that was always kind of the fun of it is, okay, how is she going to end up in this story? The one that had Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it, I thought was great. <laughs> yeah. was really or or this uh, special effects uh, episode. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was fun, too, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the one with Nick, I think that was Nick Nolte was in that one, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Nick Nolte. Uh, and it's, who else? It was so good. Um, I think well, Louis, I, you know, Lu Louis Guzman was also there in that <laughs> one. He Louis Guzman. That's right. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was the guy that the. He was the delivery right. person. Yeah, yeah. Um, that you know, and you know what that show reminded me of? It, it was like Columbo? a little bit of a little bit of Columbo, but also a little bit of Monk. Yes, uh, that 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 would have been my second like suggestion. Yeah. I was like, wait, I I want to say it. Like I was like, Mark, and then you said it. Yeah, and and, and obviously Columbo because instead of the yeah. Columbo would always say just one more thing, but she would always go, yeah, there's something I don't get, <laughs> you know, or whatever the phrase. Or was. or that's bullshit. Yeah, well, yeah, that's bullshit, but but uh. But the monk part to me was the guest stars. They mm. got some really good people to come in and be mm -hmm. the bad guys and all those. Mm -hmm. And if you ever saw Monk, I was convinced I did, but I did, but I was I think young. But I I okay. still love Monk. I like it. But I'm it's convinced cool. that a lot of those bad guys in Monk were mm -hmm. these were big names. They were probably calling them and saying, "Hey." just get me on the show you, you can pay me scale i don't care i just want to get on there and be with you because tony shalhoub i think is one of the great comic actors of 
of his generation, certainly. I mean, you know, I just, Monk, I loved him in. He's been in movies I loved. He plays the father and Mrs. Mazel. Uh, you know, I mean, the guy is a comic genius. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Quick Change, which was uh, one of Bill Murray's early films. Uh, but Tony Shalhoub pays this, plays this cab driver in that movie. And he's only in the movie for about three minutes, maybe all told. I mean, he shows up twice, but it's for no more than three or four minutes. But he speaks this language that nobody can understand. <laughs> and you, you would think, you know, and I'm thinking, well, in New York City, there's got to be at least one other person around who speaks this language. But yeah. nobody can yeah. figure out what he's saying. And I, I, I think. Oh, he's he's in Flaming Hot as well. Oh yeah, he. I mean, he just does a lot of really. What was the? He was in. He Martin did um, Yeah, he did um, the company you keep. The marvelous mm -hmm. Mrs. Maisel, yep. Central Park. Oh, yeah. oh, I love that. Oh, Cars. <laughs> um, Rumble. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He play, he plays Luigi in Cars. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what's funny to me in the Pixar movies, mm -hmm. um, and I think this is one of the reasons the new ones are not doing as well. Mm -hmm. They didn't have what's his name, John Rathisborn, who. Had played. He was the guy who played in uh, Cheers as the mailman, and he showed up in every Pixar movie up until recently. And I don't know if he's passed away. Maybe I don't know. I don't. I hadn't heard anything, but but he was always in those movies. And I said, yeah, I, you always waited to see. Kind of like waiting to see where is Stan Lee going to show up in the Marvel movies. Yeah. What part is this guy going to play in this? Uh, so, no, he's still alive. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But, but, uh, but yeah, but yeah, I I loved Monk. I my in fact, my wife was so depressed when it went off the air. She was like, oh, "That's not fair." So, uh -huh. like, they did eight seasons. It was a good run. They're getting out on top. It's a smart move. Uh, well, know, I, in I, in in Germany and Austria, they like played uh, after twin after like eight. 30 p.m. Um, every single Monday. Oh, yeah, it's still reshowed. Well, I brought, so, all, I brought all the... It's so cool. Like, it's it's so... Yeah. It has this, like, charm. But, you know, even even when he, like, solves these crimes, it's still very charming and very, like, clever. And, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's so... It's a little fun. But, like, maybe, that's why I like the whole the angle. Face. The whole angle of a detective with OCD, I thought, was such a great premise. It's like yeah, and can... um, there's also this series called um, Will Trend. It's basically the same thing. Oh yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. But the the, the detective. I haven't uh, seen Will Trend. Dyslexic. Yet. I, I, I have, but only uh, a couple episodes. I'm not yeah. done with the first season, but it will have a second season. I'm so excited. Yeah. But, uh, but anyhow, but uh, anyway, but yeah, Taylor Sheridan has become, you know, we're talking about. And household name. I like watching now. Pretty much anything he does, I'm I'm behind. The only one I've had a problem with is the mayor of Youngstown, uh, which my I wife loves. I haven't 
watched it yet, but I want to watch it. I my, my I wife really loves it. I'm kind of like, ah, eh, you know. I, hmm. Well, I, I don't know if I should tell you my complaint or not, but because <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for you, but. Uh... But yeah, I I just have a problem with the character development on that, as opposed to uh, one of the things that that Sheridan is so good at is developing characters. Yeah, <laughs> as seen with Sly, as seen with Sly in Tosuke. Well, and and if you look at even his movies, you know, Sicario, uh, mm -hmm. Wind River, you know, the, the Hell or High Water was the one that really knocked me out. I was like, oh my god, this I love Sicario. Yeah, and the Sicarios. Um, yeah, those the installments. Of course, the first one probably the the best, mm. but uh, but that's all. But that's always the case with these like installments. Well, not not always, but not always, but like yeah. Got to remember, most... you can always remember the Godfather. So. <laughs> um. <laughs> But I think what made the first one so strong, and I and here again I talked about Samuel Jackson mm. being robbed of an Oscar nomination for uh, Jungle Fever. I think Benicio del Toro should have gotten an Oscar nomination for supporting in the first Sicario, because his character. I mean, I went there because of Emily Blunt more than anything mm. else, because I just love her work. But he was, every time he was on the screen, he just commanded it. I mean, I was like, this is the best thing I had ever seen Benicio Del Toro do. And he's done a lot of good stuff. And I was like, he didn't get nominated for an Oscar for that? What the hell is wrong with you people? Uh, it was, I think, the strongest thing I'd ever seen him do. Yeah, yeah the Oscars. I have a bone. I have a bone to pick with that. Like oh, they didn't, yeah, well, they didn't nominate, nominate, nominate. Can talk. See, <laughs> they didn't no nominate um Babylon, or the menu. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I got to admit I have not paid much attention to the Oscars in probably since the nineties. Oh. Okay. Tired of it, and I was like, ah, you know what? That it's almost predictable, and I think. I think where I really lost it was when Titanic won all those Oscars. I mean, there were a lot better movies out that year than Titanic. Uh, you know, I mm -hmm. mean, I know that's the one everybody loves to love, but I was like, to me, the best movie of that year was L.A. Confidential. Uh, but you had some other really strong movies there. Uh, I mean, Titanic cinematically it was very well beautiful done. yeah but completely predictable story uh, yeah yeah I mean, besides the fact that you know that it sinks in the end but i mean the love story was like yeah you know what i'm not really enamored with these characters uh whereas if you look at i don't know if you ever saw as good as it gets which deals with these three different very different characters as they get together i thought was brilliant uh, like I said, to me, that year, L.A. Confidential was the best movie of the year. And I was just like, all right, that's it. I'm tired of watching this. You know, you're going to give all the whiz-bang stuff, the, the, the Oscars. Yeah, uh, Nicholson was in as good as it gets. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, he was one of the main characters. And Helen, what's her name? Helen Hunt. Or not Helen, Helen Hunt. Hunt. Helen Hunt. Yeah, Helen Hunt. Yeah, Helen Hunt. 
and then a great kid in the ear, he knocked mm -hmm. me out because I had up until then to me he was just a comedian, and I watched him there. I was like, man, this guy can act. He is <laughs> good. Uh, so oh, yeah. he was in he was in my favorite movie of twenty twenty one crisis. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that one. It's so good. You have to like. Yeah. It's about the opioid opioid um okay epidemic but yeah it's so good yeah that, like, is, it there like are some... hmm? is it like traffic at all i don't know if you've ever seen that have i seen it let me check it traffic traffic the one with don Cheadle and uh michael douglas and, and Catherine zeta jones who else is in that very good movie it is a uh Oh yeah, I have seen it, but no, nope. yeah. it's it's like it's not like that. Okay, because but it's a lot of was... good. I, I really <laughs> like traffic mostly because of the acting more than anything. Yeah, else. this one is also good. Like the 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 acting in Crisis is so it's called really crisis. good. Right. Yeah, it is Crisis, and it's like very heavy, but <laughs> it's good. I have watched it so many times, times that I lost count. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Then I'll take. And hold on, let me. What's the? You know the movie I just saw, and in fact, I just bought a copy because I loved it. Um, have you ever heard of Elevator to the Gallows? Um... It's a 1958 or 59 French murder mystery, and the French are great at putting together murder mysteries. I just love their stuff with that. Uh, Oh, but, uh, yeah, I have heard that about that movie. Totally understand, and I get why. So it's it follows a group of teachers in a promotely, like a, in a not so, in a public school in Philadelphia, but in a underfunded um, area and in an underfunded school, public school, and the, most of the children is students and teachers are like people of color so yeah it follows uh, like the teachers uh, brought together in one of the worst public schools in the country simply because they love teaching and those are passionate teachers and slightly tone deaf prince and a slightly tone deaf principal and so on so it the whole season like follows them around like what the, their daily like task is and it's so funny like there's so many pop cultural references and uh, songs of pop culture uh, tunes and um like some drama here and there but it's very rewarding i i have to say it's like very wholesome very cute very it's a, it's a, it's, it's very, it's a, it's a feel good, um, series and it stars Quinta Branson. Oh, it's also written by Quinta Branson. Oh yeah, I know. She won the Emmy. Anyways, it stars he, her, uh, she, her, um, then it also stars... It also stars Harley Quinn's Hawkman, like the animated series, Tyler James Williams. 
uh, then it stars Janelle James from Central Park, the animated series. Then it also stars Lisa and Walter. She was in The Ladies or The Right Mom or 911, which was. I would say equal to the first installment of Guardians of the Galaxy, which is my all-time favorite. And also we saw some, like, um, <laughs> we saw the aftermath of the Christmas special, <laughs> the holiday special, and we saw a, a, a Groot, an adult Groot, and then there was this really cool, like, scene with the show where the showdown happened with the higher evolutionary and Groot was like he his like body turned into like these like little um like his parts of his body held up weapons and then we had this really cool like fight whole fight scene which really reminded me of the helmet scene in the suicide the suicide squad um movie also by james gunn which featured like john cena and rick flag fighting and this that shot was cool and also and this in this like hallway scene while um n- no sleep till Brooklyn was like blasting, like used in the movie. Also, like so many other like songs from the from the from from the other installments, and we saw Craiglin again, which is played by Sean Sean Gunn, and he he also voiced um he also voiced. And did the um anime did the like the how do you call it? Not the CGI but the one with when you do it with your body that that anime any I don't know how the how it's called but like that he did it for Baby Rocket Baby Rocket and um and adult rocket and also like the like during this like time in this lab on by um the high revolutionary and they they were like having some names and rocket chose rocket because he liked rockets and then something happened and lila was like oh we'll see like we'll meet one another again and we'll lay under a blue sky and yes i lost my shit during that scene i i was like crying so badly um in general i cried so many times but like also um also i laughed so many times like there were so many funny jokes like there was this one scene where um Oh yeah, also like this attack happened on nowhere and and um 
there was this, like one scene where they were on the ship, on on the lab, slash like on this like new earth, like this earthy earth earth look like planet, um. And Drax goes like, "Hello, hello, dumb, dumb humans." Hello, dumb children, and I had to laugh. And he was like, in general, very funny. And like him and Mantis, um, they, they were like fighting, and then it was so cute, like so wholesome to see, um, where they will be like within the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and like. I can't spoiler anything, but like I don't want to spoiler anything. But after this like movie ended, I was emotionally exhausted. I had the I was I was choked. Like I I I had this like ball in my I had this like thing in my throat that I like I couldn't stop crying because it's there are so many aspects that. If you have watched all the Marvel movies, then you will get like you will recognize those like whether it be sonically, whether it be um, there's like pieces of like nuggets, like a, a lot of like exposition, exposition dumping, dumping was happening in this movie, and with and um. Also, like there was this one scene where it reminded me of the of like Noah and his like ship and and his uh and his um and his animals and also like we saw Cosmo the dog and it was very wholesome. I I don't have I don't have much to say, other than that because if I said more than that, then then I would be spoiling and I don't want to spoil, because I want for you to watch it for yourself and hopefully understand what I'm trying to say without actually saying it, and I know I like both I liked both post-credit scenes i actually cried at the first post-credit scene then i was like oh at the second post-credit scene so yeah i really really like this movie undergo a multi-decade plan to pull off the perfect heist in an apparently unbreakable vault also to the cast um Suicide Squads, like the one from David Ayer, Jacob, what's his name? Jay. Captain Boomerang is <laughs> also in this, and I loved seeing him. I like his character. Anyways, so. Wait.
like I said, I started with the yellow episode, and it told the story of six weeks before the heist, and then we got to and I don't want to like spoil anything because it's like a relative new, relatively new uh, Netflix series. So I'm trying. I'll be doing my review with how d- any spoilers. I'll try my best. Um. So <laughs> in the episode, I really liked how they did because in every episode there were like some. I don't know, like in the yellow episode, there was a coffee mug which was yellow, and in every episode there were like little items. In the um, which are which were in the color of the episode. So in the yellow, in the violet episode, for example, there was this um, there was a coat where mm, Leo's character and a certain person were interacting and we saw the code anyways so that was like the the violet episode so like in the yellow episode we got to we got introduced to a to this concept with the after the black episode which was like i said a an introduction and lee in the yellow episode was a leo um assembled a team to steal billions in bonds from an impenetrable vault, uh, unbreakable vault in New York City. And the first task was like secure seed money into the diamond district. And, and, um, It's so hard not to spoil or anything. So I'm trying to uh, tell this story without spoiling, but it's very hard to do that. And then so like they like um we get introduced to To like uh, Bob, who is Captain Boomerang, and then Leo, and then Hannah, who is a very important person, <laughs> and they have this like meeting where they're like putting every um the whole heist into like tasks, and. And then we get introduced to a a certain CEO. And then the episode ends. <laughs> oh my god, it's so hard. And then I continued with the... Wait, it was yellow. Then I continued with the green episode. Which tells the story of the heist seven years before it. So we saw that Leo and... Um, what's his name?
Oh yeah, Leo and Stan um, were like in jail together and they they were like serving and then we also find about a certain background of a of like two very important characters one being Leo and the other being uh, Russell Swell who plays a CEO but with a twist and And so that was the whole episode. And then I continued with the blue episode, which tells the story, well, told the story of the heist from five days prior it. And we got some very important yet shocking things about the crew. Like we learned some very, I was like, what the fuck? I would say what the fuck moments of the crew. And we also found... um, And then, um, like, news of the hurricane were announced to the city. And then there was this uh, paranoid Roger. And then she dealt, he dealt with a threat. I don't know, of course, which one. And then there was this also this uh, FBI agent who was also very, like, she was a single mom and she was a drug addict, well, in recovery. And we also got to like learn that she was going into AA meetings. That's Jody, by the way. She was going into AA meetings and and but the AA meetings were like filled with FBI agents, and then she it was a lot. Then I continued with the the story, um, in Orange, the episode of. The color of orange which told the story what happened to like everybody involved to both sides in the heist from the time span of three weeks before the heist and we got introduced to more characters i really like the um, the lgbtqia plus element of the show which was uh, Hannah, who was married to another woman. And then the squad hit a few obstacles as Judy closed in on a... on like, uh, on Bob, Captain Boomerang. Like, she... she tries everything in her power to, you know hinder the heist from happening but she obviously fails but like um then captain boomerang and he suffers from an injury and we get some more background information And then 
I continued the journey with the Violet episode, where the story was <coughs> told from a 24-hour years before the highest timeline. We got introduced to a few dynamics, like family dynamics, I would say, or friend dynamics. We found out that the CEO and Leo were like partners and were would be stealing from the rich. <laughs> And we also learned that Hannah and Leo were father and daughter. And and yeah, that was the Violet episode. I think I have to say my favorite episode is by far the Violet one because it's very uh, emotional and exciting. And like all the pieces of the puzzle make sense in this episode. Then I continued with Red, which takes place the morning after the heist. And there was a lot of tension, which were which was running high when the crew like regrouped after the heist and questions what like questioned what went wrong because certain things do go wrong and they also were like who to trust because a certain person like um abort the mission and left the crew after the heist And then, and and um, certain twists and plot twists happen, and um, yeah, that's the episode. I can't say much. Then I continued the journey with the pink episode, which. The pink, like the color, was from a certain scar from a certain person. So that I can say, and and that episode, like it tells um, I think you're not mistaken, uh, six months after the heist, and the the crew is like, well, a part of the crew are like living their lives in luxury hotels, <laughs> a part of them are just hiding. After. The- the highest um and the FBI are like behind our crew and certain things happen to certain people and people break up and yada 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 um yeah that was the episode. Then I continued to watch the story unfold of the heist in the last episode white which is actually the heist I really like this episode cuz there were some really cool shots and I really I loved and liked it how <laughs> first like how Hannah tricked the crew and her father with her And that's it for today's episode.
I'm once again very thankful that you choose to listen to my podcast and send in your messages and DMs and suggestions and I'm just so happy that I get to share what share something which makes me happy and also the real talk thingy I want to talk about is like I don't know this is if this is just me or a bunch of other people but ever since I turned 24 years old back in June I have been in this state of a quarter life crisis meaning that the things that used to make me happy don't make me happy anymore meaning me having anxiety on a daily basis about my future because I have a plan for my future as many people do but because of the societal um, expectations for like you have to have a baby at 25 or you have to have a job or you have to have a car or you have to own a house at a certain age we 20 somethings are just in a very messed up mindset because of the society and if I know like some I know that you can do whatever you want and don't give a damn about society but you are just programmed you know you're programmed to have a have a have a car at 26 years old or earn money at 25 years old or you know have your life figured out at that age at 25 26 and so on and and if you don't have that like me if you don't if you don't well you know you know what you want to do but you can't because of the society you just end up in this hole and feel lost and I think that's also why I was emotional this week because every person I asked and those are like 20-somethings or 30-somethings they're also feeling lost like I am even though I am not lost because I know what I want to do and, and that I know I can earn money and also also like their their system is also rigged because you if you go to college like I did I like decided not to do anymore because it doesn't I doesn't make me happy and I don't have the energy and I don't have the mental capa- capacity anymore and also I don't have the spark anymore so if you go to college you end up with 
thousands and thousands of euros or dollars in student loans. So the second alternative is finding a job, having a job. And like even that it's so hard because you are applying to every single job but you're end up you are ending up with with them saying you are too skilled for this job but then now you you have another fear of being if i'm too skilled for a job what can i do what what is my what can be my job what where can i where can i apply and that's where i'm right now like i have an opportunity but i can i will i want to take that opportunity but th- that will require me to leave my hometown to leave my country for work reasons and if i don't take this opportunity i'm just left with this podcast don't get me wrong i love this podcast i love doing this podcast um but i like i struggled with so much depression and anxiety because i cannot find the job suitable for me i found one but that would require me to leave everything behind and start over and if i don't i cannot find a job in my hometown because i'm too skilled for if if for a 95 9 to 5 job and now the society is like expe- expects from me and from others to be healthy and to function properly with this huge weight of anxiety and their expectations because also what also is the case when you're 25 or 26 or 24 or 20 something in general if you cannot meet those expectations you feel left out or you feel um as if your life is just you know as as if you're behind even though you aren't behind i guess my goal is to break those expectations and do what what i want to do and what makes me happy or will make me happy so um that's the real real talk element of this episode um it just bothers me so much that we have been programmed through generations to do this and if we, we don't we're just left out we're just feeling left behind and that we're just running out of time even though we're just still so young like an average human being can live up to 100 but realistically that's just 70 or 80 or like my great grandmother 
seven. Yeah. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to. Now you will be hearing some audio bits from the last now three years of the podcast. Enjoy. Quest or like the Harry Evolutionary. Um, we had like many many flashbacks and flash forwards about like Rocket's life, and it was so so heartbreaking um and i teared up i cried out loud so so many times during this during these like two hours and 21 minutes um especially that like when they arrived in the second act of the movie on this like earth lookalike planet with like these all these experiments which were done by the high revolutionary and that looked so so like i i i was so heartbroken and i was so choked up because i was like crying because it was so sad and heartbreaking to see those like experiments like how they were like modified and I had there were a few scenes where I like where I shrieked and I was very frightened of. One of them was when Rocket lost his mind after the High Revolutionary killed his like friends. There was this author who was modified very cruelly. Um her name was Lila. And then there was this like rabbit, and there was this walrus, and even like children, he experiment on them and chip chip, um, hint chip chip, and um. Every single scene, I thought that like one of the when like Drax got very badly injured during when they were um stealing those like when they were stealing those um files from rock like rockets files um documents of the base of the okra cup and and i i was like crying i was like oh no like i want drugs to live and and like this happened with every single figure if even like root or um startled and like gamora and this movie had so many (laughs) so many like funny lines and so much humor but i the one thing i didn't like was that in the second um act of the movie and i'm not jumping from time to time but in the second act from the movie they all the figures started like yelling at one another. I found that very irritating. It was just yelling and yelling and yelling. But that was my, my like only, well, one of my only issues with this movie. One being the CGI effects. Two being that Rocket was like gone for the majority of the movie. Same same thing happened with Luigi in the Super Mario Bros. And 
But I have to say that this one was, I would say, equal to the first installment of Guardians of the Galaxy, which is my all-time favorite. And also we saw some, like, um, <laughs> we saw the aftermath of the Christmas special, <laughs> the holiday special, and we saw a, a, a Groot, uh, adult Groot, and then there was this really cool, like, scene with the show, where the showdown happened with the higher evolutionary, and Groot was like, he... His, like, body turned into, like, these, like, little, um, like, his parts of his body held up weapons. And then we had this really cool, like, fight, whole fight scene, which really reminded me of the helmet scene in the Suicide, the suicide Squad um, movie, also by James Gunn, which featured, like, John Cena and Rick Flagg fighting and this that shot was cool and also in this in this like hallway scene while um no sleep till Brooklyn was like blasting like used in the movie also like so many other like songs from the from the from from the other installments and we saw Craiglin again which is played by Sean Sean Gunn and he he also voiced um he also voiced and did the um animate did the like the how do you call it not the CGI but the one with when you do it with your body that that animate any I don't know how, the, how it's called, but like that, he did it for Baby Rocket, Baby Rocket, and um, and all Adult Rocket, and also like the like during this like time in this lab on by um, the High Revolutionary, and they they were like having some names, and Rocket chose Rocket because he liked rockets. And then uh, something happened and Lila was like, oh, we'll see, like, we'll meet one another again and we'll lay under a blue sky. And yes, I lost my shit during that scene. I, I was like crying so badly. Um, In general, I cried so many times, but like also, um, also... I laughed so many times. Like there were so many funny jokes. Like there was this one scene where um Oh yeah, also like this attack happened on nowhere. And and um there was this, like one scene where they were on the ship on on the lab slash like on this like new earth, like this earthy earth, earth look-alike planet, um,
And Drax goes like, hello. Hello, dumb, dumb humans. Hello, dumb children. And I had to laugh. And he was like, in general, very funny. And like him and Mantis, um, they, they were like fighting. And then it was this episode, like the saddest uh, part of the episode was that Cassian found out that his mom died and that like really really made me like i cried and i was so sad when i found that out and also like um like be really being a pet and be like kind of like you know wanting to be with Endor but he couldn't and and it was just so sad like I love be too emo I'm trying to go to my notes on Endor And like, and then it also stars Burn Gorman. He was in the outfit along with Dylan O'Brien and a bunch of other people. It's it's that's a, an action thriller drama crime movie, which is so cool. I when that movie was released, I had the opportunity and was on and took the opportunity to be in a Zoom call with Dylan and the director. And it was a lot of fun. And so that that movie will, will forever be like one of my favorite movies. Also, there are say like my favorite like um memories that I have with this blog and podcast. So I highly recommend you guys to watch the outfit. But it also stars Finn Wolfhound Howard. The, um, he is from Netflix's Stranger Things. And Clyde Kit Blanchett, aka Galadriel, the original Galadriel, and as you guys know, Kit um, Blanchett starred in Tar this year, which I, I like this one, this movie, and Tar will easily win a few Oscars next year. And also, I don't know if you guys know this, but the Oscars. Well, uh, the announcement, like the nominees, will be announced on January 24th. And you guys know me, I'll be giving my prediction, like doing a prediction episode or a post. Basically, like both of them, because I did it last year and I was very pleased when my predictions came true. So... Um, yeah, I'm very excited, but it also stars Tilda Swinton. (laughs) 
And it also it was also uh, written and directed by Guillermo del Toro. And like I said, it's like um, it's basically like rated PG thirteen, and that's for dark thematic. It was a lot of fun. So before the movie started, I was just like yesterday around five thirty p.m. Um. And the movie was over around, it's like an hour and 33 minutes. That makes it like 6.30, 6.45, 7, something like that, 7 p.m. And I, before the movie started, we got the trailer for Spider-Man Across the Universe, Elemental, um, Asterix and Obelix, in another sequel which looked very a lot of fun then bullet train was released on also on august 5th and it stars okay this is a long one it stars brad pitt aaron taylor Johnson, Sandra Bullock, Bad Bunny, and who else? Did I forget anybody? Um, man, that's a long list. Um, Sandra Bullock, I did say Sandra Bullock, Brad Pitt, Aaron Taylor, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Uh, bad ba musician Bad Bunny. A bunch of other people. This is why I said that the posters weren't really my cup of tea. Anyways, this one was released, not released, directed by the legend David Lynch. David Lynch did Deadpool 2 and Fight Club. Also starring Brad Pitt. And the coolest thing for me is that the stunt coordinators were coordinated by those stunt coordinators who did the stunt coordination for um, Keanu Reeves' John Wick. Well, for the John, John Wick franchise. And you can also... You can also see in the movie that this movie was inspired by the Jackie Chan movies like those were those ones where he did the MMAs the mixed martial arts and as a mixed martial art fan also a I, I used to do take one to take one do for three years three years three to four years I had a, <laughs> I had a, um, I had the yellow belt, but only, but only because I didn't want to pay for the, for the upgraded one. So yeah, I no, I had, I had the, I had the white belt, but I, I was at the level of the yellow belt, 
but I didn't want to pay that, so I so I was on on the level of the yellow belt after three years, but then I stopped because I had to pay. So I and also while I was going through that whole era, I was starting to like be very overwhelmed with school and taekwondo. So because I had my finals in business school, so I I had to focus on that one but yeah i did my uh, mma for three years only but that still counts anyways that those were inspired by the jackie chan movies and also this movie is based on the bullet train the actual bullet train in to in the japanese bullet train which usually operates from uh tokyo to kyoto of Tokyo is Kyoto in Tokyo yeah it's the yeah it's a train so and the movie is basically a comedy an action movie a that's it that's it yeah and the premise is like there are five assassins and um, they and uh, Brad Pitt is like kind of a a assassin who was taking a time off, but he was then forced to be on the bullet train to get something. To get something from the other assassins. Like, and this, um, this movie stars Elizabeth Banks, Sigourney Waver. She was in The Good House. Chris Messina. He is in my favorite like series from the year twenty twenty two. Stars plays Gaslit with along with Julia Roberts. That's the series I talked about last week a little bit. It's about the water. Ga- I I falsely said Watergate. Um. What did I say? Watergate incident, but I meant Watergate uh, scandal. Yeah, and then this movie also stars Kate Maria. She was in Bo- Ghostbusters. Uh, Evelyn, <clears throat> Evelyn, Young. She was. She is in Ball. Rebecca, Rebecca Henderson. She was in Westworld, which got cancelled after five seasons. Okay, excuse me, excuse me, four seasons by HBO Max. This movie was directed by Phyllis Nagy. I don't know his previous work. It was released on October twenty eighth, but I watched it. Um, Tuesday, no Tuesday, Thursday. It's um this movie debuted at the Berlin International Film Festival, Sundance International Film Festival, the Deville Deville American Film Festival. That's the one in France. 
and Newport Beach Film Festival and many, many, many more. This is a historical drama. It was rated R for language and drug use. The premise is set in the late 1960s. A pregnant housewife finds out she had a potentially life-threatening illness whilst pregnant and the only treatment treatment is to have an abortion. Declined by the hospital board of directors, she sets out to find an alternative to hospital treatment. Upon finding a group who offers services to facilitate illegal abortions, she then gets more involved in the service called Call Jane. One thing I have to say is Elizabeth 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 Banks what Elizabeth Banks was lovely as a joy like as joy about a not very like joy story honestly like this movie tells a true story about the DJs like an underground club of women in Chicago in the 1960s who secretly provided 12,000 women and sadly young girls with desperate abortions from life-threatening situations fight like they fought for legal legalizing abortion in the states and still do sadly it's still going on Light, like this movie isn't a lightweight movie and you see many pro- like raids and riots and legal battles some of them were left out and and this movie really like like not this movie but overall it's just questions of moral morality and legality were left out as well and also are still going on sadly to this day and and also like with it's very graphic you don't uh, this year and it was filled with surprises teasers trailers behind the sneak peek behind the scenes stuff sneak peeks on what's to come onto Netflix in 2022 and 2023 and here's a recap so Jamie Foxx greeted us the audience and then he handed over to the panel to Eleven aka Millie Bobby Brown and she gave us a new trailer for Enola Holmes 2 which will be released on November 4th 2022 along with Wednesday Tim Burton's Wednesday, the Adams Adam Family, Adams Family spin-off. Then Gal Gadot greeted us with her new movie called Heart of Stone, which is an action movie, and it's an law and action thriller. It will be released in. 
2023. Then the cast of Bridgeton did a sweet little drawing challenge with one another. That was really cool and cute. Then we got the announcement that there will be a spin-off to Bridgeton, but about Queen Charlotte, and that will be released soon. Then we got a first look at season two of Shadow and Bone, and then we got a sneak peek of the second season. I've never watched that show, but it was cool. Then we got a sneak peek of The Crown, along with a re- re- release date, which is November 9th, 2022, with, uh, we saw in the sneak peek, King Charles and Princess Diana, well, now King Charles, yeah, you get the point. Um, we also got a short panel of the cast of Emily in Paris, talking about their th- upcoming third season being wrapped up along with a trailer of season three of Emily in Paris. Then Charlize Theron and her co-stars sent a video saying that they are currently filming um, the second installment of The Old Guard in Rome. Then Wednesday, the lead actress, I forgot her name, gave us a short clip of the series. She was arguing with the hand in that clip. That will be released on November 4th. They announced that there will be a sci-fi series called Three Body Problem coming to Netflix in 2023. That looked so good. It it's a it's uh it has to do with an alien, so and humans. Then Jason Momoa Momoa greeted us and announced and showed a short clip of his newest movie called Slumberland. It looked like Alice in Wonderland meets Pinocchio. Pinocchio. But also Narnia, Chronicles of Narnia, and Sweet Tooth, and Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's an uh, fantasy and uh, and and adventure family movie. That one will be released this holiday season. He just said holiday season. He didn't say a specific month. I think it's like December, because that's like. Because it looked very Christmassy. So, then the cast of Never Have I Ever showed us some clips of them reading their lines of uh, second season. Uh, excuse me. Of season four, not second season. Then the cast of the Umbrella Academy shared the behind the scenes look of their third season. And they shared bloopers and... 